Hey guys, how you doing today? Can I get you started with something to drink? Is your aging loved one home alone, forgetting to take medicine or pay bills? The Caregiver Cafe with Roz Jones has a menu of resources to serve your caregiver needs. As a caregiver, Roz understands your daily challenges. This podcast focuses on the unique and dynamic issues of caregiving. Welcome back to the Caregiver Cafe. I am Roz Jones, your host, and we talk about all things caregiving. And today, I get to talk to one of my great friends, Consuela Marshall, who is an occupational therapist and lives in the great state of Louisiana, where my family is from, on my mother's Mm -hmm. side. And so I wanted to talk to her about occupational therapy because oftentimes people really don't understand the impact and the importance of occupational therapy. So Consuela, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how long you've been doing it? Yes. Well, Ross, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I am Consuela. I am an occupational therapist and I reside in Louisiana and I've been an occupational therapist for over 25 years. And a great deal of my career, I've been in the home health field. So actually going into homes, providing therapy services to individuals who have had injuries or been or have been diagnosed with a diagnosis of some sort or just in advanced in age. And they are no longer to do some functional tasks for themselves. So occupational therapists play a big role in the rehabilitation of individuals who have lost the ability uh, to perform uh tasks that keep them functional. And I am currently a caregiver coach. So right now I put a lot of emphasis on providing training to caregivers on how to best uh, provide the care for those who are going through those illnesses. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell there. Oh, thank you so much. The biggest thing I want to start off with is a lot of times People overlook occupational therapy. Oh, I don't need it. I just need a physical therapy. But I know the two work together, but also there's a, a difference in what physical therapy does versus what occupational therapy does. And so can you talk about some of the, uh, as you come into the home and do the assessment, as you're walking into the home, I know you all do things totally different than the physical therapist. So what are you looking for when you actually walk into the home to begin your process to help that person? Okay, I guess the best way of really starting that off is really to define what occupational therapy is, okay, Roz. Okay. And the big um, misconception about occupational therapy is in the name itself, uh, in knowing what does an occupational therapist do. Mm-hmm. So to help keep it simplified and just giving you what a definition of an occupation is, it can sort of help clear things up about what we do. And I'll go, I will go further into exactly what we, what role we play in the home. Uh, and I'll give you the definition is an occupation is a fancy word of saying those things that we want to do, need to do, or, 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 are expected to do over the span of our life. Mm. So things that we want to do, need to do, or expected to do that, those things are defined by where we're at in our living and it spans from an a, a infant and what does the infant needs to do right after birth uh, all the way through the aging process of someone into the well into their 90s. What are the things that they want to do and need to do? And we look at 
the individual, especially even if it was just a baby, what are the things baby needs to do? Mm-hmm. Baby to pick up things, put their things in their mouth. They need to sit, they need to crawl. And when a person can no longer do a particular occupation, then the occupational therapists come aboard and looking at what is that person's need mm-hmm. at that particular stage in their development or in their life. And we work with individuals and work to help them regain that skill, whether it was lost due to a birth defect, mm-hmm. or injury, or just being advanced in age. And we work toward making that person, uh, helping that person to achieve a degree of function as close to normal as possible. And we teach them alternate ways of performing those same tasks in the event that they're they're not able to do them in a normal fashion. So that can help sort of simplify what occupational therapists do. And when we look at it in the context of that versus physical therapy, Mm -hmm. uh, our goal is always tied into function. What, What are we addressing and what functional skills tie into that? So we're looking at what is a person presenting with, with, is it weakness? Is it blindness? Is Mm, it mm. uh, any type of thing? uh, Paralysis from a stroke, uh, paralysis from a spinal cord injury. Is it an amputation? They've lost a limb, a leg, a hand, an arm or something. And we're looking at, okay, this has happened. Now, what does that person still want to do? need to do or expected to do in their life uh, in light of having had an injury or some type of disability or aging uh, that has taken place. So when we're in the home and I'll just keep it simple for the context of where we are. Mm -hmm. Physical therapist is primarily looking at the balance and the gait they mm-hmm. want to make sure you can stand up and walk from point A to point B. Right. Simplify way of what occupational therapists do. We want to make sure when you're up and moving around, you can safely do those things that you want to do, need to do, and have to do, or are expected to do uh, in that time period of your life. So, say for instance, would occupational therapy only... Uh, say, for instance, if the person has to go to the bathroom to transfer from the wheelchair to the toilet, mm-hmm. is that would that be considered a physical therapy duty or a occupational therapy duty? A, a lot of what we do overlap. OK, good. There's oh. A lot of overlap overlap in mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's really good for that OT and that PT to communicate. OK, well, we are all we're both trained in balance. And in strengthening mm-hmm. and a, a lot of things related to uh, a, a lot of overlapping. Okay. But the area of spe- specialties is going to go more toward um, the real refining and fine tuning of it. But I have to address some por- portions portions of standing and balance. Right. Because I have to achieve my goal of having them to stand, to do transfers, to be able to address the toileting deficits that I see. Okay, and when it comes to, um, I want to say, uh, daily activities so far as putting clothes on, buttoning, pulling the shirt over, 
um, pulling yeah. the pants up in the bed. Mm-hmm. Is that is that overlapping or is that also? Well, you know, uh, in the home health field, mm-hmm. we only have a certain period of time right. in the home. Mm-hmm. So when we'll often confer with each other and saying, I'm working on dressing, lower body dressing. Okay. And I'm working on some trunk things with them or I'm working on different areas, but I'm seeing they have difficulty lifting a leg or extending a leg in order to do certain portions of the task. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we are communicating with the PT so that the PT can tailor their exercises to address those weaknesses that we see in that person's body that inhibits them from completing that dressing or that toileting task. Okay. And in the same way as an OT, when I'm looking at a patient and I'm working and reteaching them to dress themselves Mm -hmm. or reaching household tasks, I'm looking at what is going on in their body as far as what are the deficits uh, that I see. I see and I also tailor an exercise program that includes a lot of trunk exercises Mm -hmm. and upper body exercises because we have to address the underlying cause of why that person is not able to do an activity. Right. Okay. okay. So once you begin the therapy, you come into the home, let's say for four to six weeks. I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm guesstimating because we know the times are different, you know, yes. you know, for how long you've been there. When in between the times that you all come how often or not do you see the patient go ahead and do some of the exercises while you are gone? Um, is it, um, do they do them or a lot of times they don't, they wait for you to come back. What is, I, I don't want to say the norm, but I, I guess I want to educate people on how important it is once you leave mm-hmm. to keep doing these exercises. Oh yes. You know, what I often tell my clients at the onset of, of therapy is I'm here to address your concerns and looking at what are the things you want to accomplish. And I will tailor my goals and an exercise program that is going to strengthen you in those areas that are, that, are, that is going to uh, enhance your likelihood of achieving mm-hmm. that functional goal. But what I'm only here to do is instruct you in this short window of time in a set of things that you need to do, which allows you to meet those goals because therapy in itself, well, let's say for an example, I'm in a home for 35 minutes, 35 minutes doesn't move the needle in a person's ability to significantly see a change in their core strength, their endurance in uh, their coordination. Mm -hmm. When you have another 23 hours and 25 minutes in the day that you're not doing those same exercises. Right. So we're here as teachers Mm -hmm. teaching you how to do things safely, eliminating any compounding injuries, like any risk of falls, identifying things that can lead to setbacks. But we're also strengthening. We also in, in equipping you with, task and specifically some exercises that you need to do in the 23 hours and 25 minutes that you're not with me right. that will make a difference in your life. You cannot count on a 35 minute treatment session changing um, the outcome of your life, of your 
your level of an independence. So it's definitely up to that client to be compliant with whatever program and even whatever safety recommendations we meet, we make in the home as far as equipment uh, in order to achieve the goals. So definitely the patient has, has a role to play in it. And the more that they play, you know, the more compliant they are in those exercises, it allows us to pass that off to them as their home exercise program. And when we arrive on the scene, we do those things that require more hands-on manipulation and challenging things that they can't do on their on their own because it may result in them having an injury or fall. Right. But we can address that time in the home doing more advanced challenging things because they're doing the the reputation, the repetitions that don't require a skilled person there. It just requires that they move according to how we train them to move and they count. They count the number of reps and they count the number mm-hmm. of sets. And that keeps us moving forward so that I don't have to continue to come in and sit and count while you're doing exercises that you should have been doing on your own. It allows me to come in and take it up to the next level and get you comfortable with the next level. So then that becomes easier and no longer a trained, skilled exercise because you're now strong enough to do that on your own within mm. the limits of the confines of how we taught you that. And you do that plus the, the other ones that we've done. And we can always be raising the bar on what, how we want to challenge you in the home to improve your functional status. But that ceiling caps out pretty quickly if we're not seeing that we're mm. able to continue to advance your program. Uh, and then so it definitely affects the outcome of how much you are going to, we're going to see progress in that patient who's not as diligent in their compliance with the home exercise program. Speaking of compliance, let's let's go ahead and you know uh, dig in with that. Mm-hmm. When a, when a client is not exercising between the visits, it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be obvious when you come back. We th- can tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, they're going to be in the same place where they were when you left yes. them the last time. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I want people to understand that when and, and tell me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. if. If the if you do not see progress, you have to record that and report that, and then that means that the visits will be. Um, you know what what determines what helps in determining mm, the duration the end, yeah the duration visit. right what, how many visits we're going to be authorized mm. or what length of period is depend on the outcomes. Uh, people erroneously think that. Oh, I'm not improving. I'm not improving. So you got to keep coming. No, it's actually quite the opposite. Um, As a patient continues to improve, it continues to open up the window of opportunity for us to say they're not done yet. There's more to be had. They're compliant and they started at this level and now this they're at this level. And I do believe I can get them to this level Mm -hmm. and we can document that this therapy is actually helping them and we can check off enough boxes on our assessment form Mm. that really authorizes that, that can be the trigger that authorizes us to get an extension of of therapy services versus coming in. And I've been with you for uh, four weeks and nothing really has improved. Um, 
you're you're still you know you're still struggling and we're questioning you know the, the compliance and we're not able to show that you're benefiting from our services then the insurance company will sort of conclude like then they don't need therapy anymore it's not helping them we've given them four weeks of therapy and they still haven't improved so the likelihood of us being extended uh, will be decreased because we're not showing the results to justify us continuing to come. And, and I want people to understand that, that if, if you're not doing the work, you don't have the opportunity for them to stay longer. And so, you know, even though you're saying, Oh, I'm not improving. That's not the route you need to take. You know, no, we, we actually want you, you to improve. improve. Yeah. Because you're improving. It's, it's, it says that this, this is working and it's, Furthering your independence mm-hmm. is decreasing the fall risk. It's, there's just so many benefits to the insurance company of seeing you improve uh, versus them thinking we're shelling out money for therapy. And yet there is no it's no results. Uh, be, there's no benefits to what is being paid for. You know, there there are some plans now that are only going to give you certain amounts of days. So, uh in some cases, uh, depending on what the diagnosis is, we're only going to get certain a number of visits. So in those cases, we really push hard for those patients that they're sending you to outpatient after this period of time. Mm-hmm. So we really want to get you set up at a place in the home where you're going to make the most benefits of the services. So it will make it less of a chore or, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go to outpatient therapy as long. So, right. In those cases. I, I, I also want to say this because Consuela has been such a huge help to me um, in my caregiver journey, in my profession to help me. And I want to, I want to publicly say thank you to her because she has helped me with clients and her, her knowledge and expertise has helped me with one young lady when she was getting her therapy, she knows who I'm talking about. And uh, we were able to extend uh, her her um, therapy for another four weeks because mm-hmm. she was doing so well. And because Constable said, okay, in between this, do this, do that. And, I mean, she flourished because when we first got her, she could barely stand. And Constable, remember that, Rosalind, she's putting too much weight on you, so on and so forth. And so mm-hmm. we adjusted that. You know, she gave us some tips. And because of that, now, you know, this woman is able to wash dishes. She can, you know, stand up in a chair and put put plates up into the in, into the cabinets. You know, these are, you know, when, as she said before, when they see that type of improvement, then they can extend it. And then, of course, you know, they're going to cap out eventually, you know, um, you know, you know, we were blessed to get. Two more extensions. We were, I mean, I've never seen that before ever. I've only seen um, just, you know, just the four weeks and see you later. But because she had the will and she wants to walk and she wants to live and she wants to be independent, they saw that and they gave her more time. And so I want to I want to reiterate that so much. Don't sit back and, Mm and and be lax. Do what you got to do so you can be independent, so you can get rid of me, because I cost a lot of money. <laughs> I cost a lot of money. You know, independent caregivers, caregiver services. If you're paying out of the pocket, you know, if if you're not exercising, then that means I'm going to be there. But if you exercise and you can get back 
to at least 80 or 90 percent of where you were before I came into your life, then that reduces the, the financial piece, which is a stress. And you can get back to, you know, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, m- most of what you had before, you know, whatever incident happened. So I just I just wanted to put that out there and just thank Consuela for that. And Consuela, oh, yeah. I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to say before we uh, wrap up on this part of the uh, podcast, because we're almost at our mark, time mark. Okay. Well, uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to be here and really share about occupational therapy. And it, it is a very valued field mm-hmm. in helping someone uh, to be as independent as possible or learn alternate ways of getting the things, to, you know, getting life done in the wake of an injury that may be permanent, but uh, there's still life to be had after an injury or after a sickness. It's just finding, um, connecting with therapy services and uh, maximizing your your skills is the key. Can you tell us how we can stay in contact with you and some of the things that you're teaching and offering people? Yes. Um, you can find me on social media. It would be the best way. Okay. And we'll start with my website and it is findingafoothold.com. And it's a caregiver uh, consulting service and coaching service. So I'll really work with the caregivers because that part of occupational therapy that I, I didn't dwell on is when a person has come to the end of what they're able, able to achieve in their own skills, then who picks up the slack mm-hmm. in making sure that person is able to continue to engage in their environment to do those things that they want to or need to or are expected to do. Those are the caregivers who are by their side uh, picking up the slack and helping to do all of these tasks. And that's what finding a foothold is. And you can find me on my website, finding a foothold. And from there, you can see all of my social media accounts on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, all of them, Roz. Uh, But if you just start at the website, it will be able to take you to all of those social media accounts where I really specialize in some group coaching services to caregivers. And I endorse Consuela because I have experienced her her coaching and her teaching and the results uh, of my client are are phenomenal because of her help. Once again, we want to thank you so much for being a part of today's episode of the Caregiver Cafe where we talked about what is occupational therapy and what is occupational therapy at home. We are going to have part two with Consuela in just a minute. I'm Ross Jones. I'm your host. Thank you so much for this, uh, listening to this episode of the Caregiver Cafe. Make sure that you follow us on all social media links as well as join our email. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until your next visit to the Caregiver Cafe, connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, and her blog at thecaregivercafe.net. Caregiver Cafe podcast specializes in serving those who provide care and support to a sick or aging loved one. I'm the voice guy, but I'm one of you. So when Roz has on experts or frontline workers, I'm listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. In the meantime, don't forget to connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, or at the blog at thecaregivercafe.net.